Hello, it's Louise again with the Knit British podcast. Knit British supports wool-grown, spun and dyed in the UK. Episode 13 is lucky for some. Hello and welcome in one and all. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for tuning in, returning listeners and new listeners alike. Make yourself comfy. It seems like a while ago since we last met and so much has been happening since then. This episode I have news from my Shetland Wool Week with a sort of incidental knitting terms section. Um, I have news from the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, Whip Crack Away, Cast On Cast Off and more. So if you have a suitable beverage and you've got your whip, then let's get going. This episode is called Lucky For Some and that's partly due to a play on the term number 13 on Lucky For Some. I sort of like to think it's a bit lucky. I've also been feeling incredibly, you know, lucky over the past few weeks of being immersed in creativity and inspiration and meeting very creative and inspirational people. It started with Yarndale, which you will have heard about in the last episode, and it sort of reached a crescendo at Shetland Wool Week. You may know from listening to the podcasts earlier and being in the Knit British, if you're in the Knit British Ravelry group, that I had arranged a little get together, a little knit together uh, for Wool Week in Shetland for anybody who wanted to come along. I was expecting maybe 10 people, and around 30 people showed up. It was really lovely to meet everyone and, you know, some people I had met before, such as, um, now I'll probably forget loads of people. I really don't mean to because it was fantastic to meet everybody, but I'm going to ream off some names here. I had met before Handmade by Siggy, as she is on Ravelry, Siggy, Beshabar, Jackie, Hazel Tyndall was there. Um, And I got to meet people that I have been chatting online to for ages, such as Jenny Reid and Felix Ford and Piper Mom, uh, Laurie from upstate New York. And I got to meet new chums um, too, so it was fantastic. Uh, It was really good and I actually didn't get around to speaking to everybody because there were so many people there and... It was just, it was really lovely to get together with people and just knit and say hello and find out what their plans were for the week. And it was a really great social occasion. You know, the night that I had organised wasn't on the official programme. I think they did have one knit night on the programme and it's the first time they've had a a knitting social evening, I think, for a whole week. So it was good to have sort of getting an extra one there as well because this year Shetland Wool Week was... It was really well attended. I think I was told that there were 300 guests visiting from outside the aisles, which is pretty amazing, really. So it was really sociable and really, really fun. So that was a a lovely night. And thank you to Siggy, who sent me a couple of pictures, because I neglected to take any pictures that night because I was talking too much. (laughs) talking me Uh, so I will put those on the show notes I know some of you have already read my blogs about Wool Week um, of which I did a few I will be repeating just a little of that on for the benefits of other listeners but I mainly want to tell you a little bit more about the workshops that I did there 
So apologies if you've heard this before, I hope you don't mind the retelling of it. My first workshop at Shetland Wool Week was hap making with Gudrun Johnson, aka the Shetland Trader. Hap is a traditional shawl uh, in Shetland and probably further afield, but there are some amazing examples in Shetland and the style has sort of grown in Shetland lace here and patterns have developed here um, in Shetland particularly. It's a, a square shawl, sometimes a triangle, uh, and it's often made in very fine lace weight yarn. I think Gudrun Johnson was a bit surprised that a Shetlander would want to take a class in hap making because it is such a traditional garment, but I've never ever knitted a hat before and so I thought it was about high time that I learned. Before I talk about the class I should tell you a little bit by way of a uh, uh, sort of incidental knitted terms section a, a little bit about the hap and my sources for this are what we talked about in the class but also there if you are interested in hap making and the history of hap making and some great patterns there is a book called Heirloom Knittings Shetland Hap Shawls Then and Now by Sharon Miller and it came out, sorry for the scruffling, it came out I think in 2006 and it's a really packed book of in information on haps, on the, their construction and the history. I'll read you a little bit um, from it and paraphrase bits. A Shetland hap was a serviceable warm garment. The use of the word hap in this sense is medieval and it means to cover yourself or wrap yourself up tightly. And Miller says that the word was dropped from English use in the 1500s but was retained in Shetland and Scottish dialect because it was quite a common article of your own hand knitting. It was a serviceable garment to begin with. It was made of very rough wool. You know, it wasn't the the um, finest wool from the sheep. They made it in the thicker, spun thicker, darker, more durable wools. And it was seen as just an everyday garment. But when you look at some of the examples in this book, um, or if you just Google Shetland lace haps, you will see how very, very, very fine indeed the work uh, on these articles became and how they moved from being very everyday items to being something to really behold and something that you would give as a gift, something very special indeed. As I said, formally... Haps would have been knitted in dark wool, but as fashion started to take hold, um, from the 1860s onwards, haps started to be knit in finer wool and used more of the natural Shetland colours as well as um, using dyed yarn. It was still still could be used as everyday wear, but a slight sense of of taste and fashion began to sort of creep in there. Of course, as Shetland knitwear became popular, haps became a very popular item to make, to sell, and the, this book is full of really beautiful examples, some really early examples and some from, from the 1960s. There's also instruction on how to make your own hat and colour co co you know, collections and things. It's a really worthwhile book to have a look at. Um, I think you can, it's probably quite easy to buy online, although your lo local library might have it in their knitting section. Um, it should be seven four six point two two if you look if you know your Dewey decimal system. Um, <laughs> 
as this course that we did for Woo Week was just three hours, we weren't going to do a large hap. Uh, we didn't have time to do that. So we were knitting a mini half version of the hap, which was triangular. So we started with a triangle, starting with just, you know, one stitch. And we did a yarn over at the start of every row. And these formed the centre part of the hap. And once that size was reached, which was just quite small, um, you... I suppose you're not picking up in knitting, you're just put, sliding, sliding the needle, picking up each yarn over. Um, so I think we had eight at either side and one centre stitch. Um, I'll put up pictures because that'll make far more sense than how I'm trying to describe it to you. Once the stitches were picked up around the edges of the triangle, then you are ready to start the feather and fan pattern, which form around, forms around the centre. Now, I just, we used three colours and I just sort of picked the first three colours that came out of the box because there was, I don't know how many, of, it was maybe 10 or 12 of us and limited colours in the box and some people were after, knew which colours they wanted, I just picked three. <laughs> I just picked the three that were available. But there were some really lovely colour harmonising and blending going on. It really, really was nice uh, to see the thought going into it. Once we completed the three colour in the repeats, we then knit on a lace edging. But Gudrun had showed an example of a hap that had just been cast off in feather and fan and hadn't been, had had you know, an, a lace edging all around. And it was really effective, actually. And, you know, it was quite, there were quite a few examples and variations of different haps. And I love how this is a very traditional pattern. But it can look so contemporary and fresh by the different yarns and colours. Um, I will put some pictures up for you to see. This class was so laid back and it was really a pleasure to sit and knit with everybody. And everybody really enjoyed the class and it was just a joy to be learning a new skill that's been, you know, knit for generations. And it really made me think about making a full-size hap. Now, I know... That I still haven't finished the tree rings blanket, which we will talk about later on. Um, that I have been knitting since Boxing Day last year. But, you know, you might have heard me talking last time about how I've been kicking around this idea of knitting a British Breeds blanket in natural colours. And I think the natural colours of British Breeds would make a beautiful rainbow um, on a blanket like this. And... I think I would need to plan it, you know, I don't think, you know, with a blanket made of squares, you can just knit the squares and sort of worry about how to piece it together afterwards and which colours can go where. Actually, I'm sure much, many more of you are much more organised than me, but that's kind of how I do it. Um, uh, but yeah, I would need to have all the breeds of yarns, all the breed yarns that I was going to have before so I could create this lovely, you know, rainbow of... of uh, gradient of natural colours but I you know I think it could be a goer actually I think it would be really nice to give it a go and it could be you know if I if I if I look at it as a sort of a year-long project then it doesn't seem quite so worrying it would be quite fantastic to knit a bed-sized one now I know I know what you're thinking I know you're all thinking about that tree rings blanket that I have and how I haven't finished it yet and how I've been saying it's going to be finished since about February. <laughs> but 
watch the space. I need to think about it a little more, but I think that could be really, really, really lovely. At the end of Woo Week, I did Felix Ford's, um, aka Knit Sonic, um, her quotidian colour work class, and I was really looking forward to this, and have been ever since I backed Felix's Kickstarter um, for her colour work source book. And, you know, I really love the ideas behind it, and uh, if you haven't heard about it, Felix takes inspiration from an everyday source, say, um, brickwork or... Uh, her favourite beer and um, you know she takes inspiration from a source like that and creates colour work ch chart and swatch and you know you know I feel a bit at, I, I fail a bit at Fair Isle but I just think this is such a fantastic way to engage with colour work in a new and different way and I love the idea of making colour work that is based on your own interpretations of um, an inspirational source. At the class, which was held at Jimson Smith, everybody was armed with their inspiration from pictures of air control towers, puffins, art installations, um, to clothing and a Tunnock's tea cake. Hmm, I wonder who chose a Tunnock's tea cake? Me! <laughs> we also personalised our own jotters uh, with stamps that Felix had brought along which was even more fun than I even expected. Um, we quickly started thinking about charts with our inspiration source. It was quite 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 lovely to see Felix with her swatches and hear her talking about her inspiration behind them. I just love how the charts and the swatches become a piece of your very own artwork. Everybody interprets a certain thing in many different ways. And I think this is, a, I, again, I think this is a really excellent way to engage with your knitting and be creative in a different way to Fair Isle. And I mean, I call it Fair Isle, I guess. Some people would disagree with me and have disagreed with me. But when you think about traditional colour work patterns, you know, they're not for everyone. Um, you know, traditional patterns which have been used time and time again over the years in different ways and different um, forms and and teamed together with different patterns but still it just might not engage with you in the same way as something that comes from your own brain box and something that is from your own you know your own interpretation of something I just love it I really really love the whole the whole thing and while I'm rubbish oops I've just sloshed my tea all over my tunnock's tea cake I'll just put the cup down um it was incredible to watch people's swatches grow and see, you know, other people's interpretations of what they had brought with them to come into being and their own little signature, really. And I felt so very comfortable in this class with, you know, comfortable with the brief and the group. And ever since I did the class, I've seen so many possible uh, <laughs> charts and everyday things. <laughs> I started with a tea cake wrapper and now I am planning a Tunnictopia. Uh, uh, I've already started charting um, a caramel wafer wrapper and I'll put up a picture so you can see what I mean. I, I yeah, I, I just, just loved it. Just, it was, it's just been so joyous. And thank you so much to Felix for a top-notch class. It has really left a lasting impression on me. And while I am still rubbish at Fair Isle, and I am, I think I'm going to be creating charts out the wazoo. <laughs>
<laughs> and you know, it's just a nice little coda, if that's the right word, probably not, not using that properly, but you know, you might remember that recently I was given my nanny's Fair Isle charts and I didn't really realise that she was a, a Fair Isle knitter, hand knitter. I knew she knitted on machine, but I didn't really realise to the full extent that she, she hand knitted and I got all these amazing charts and thought, quite a few times I've looked through them and thought, gosh, I wish I could create something like this. And now I sort of feel that there's an in there, that there's something that I can connect with um, there. Uh, and yes, it, it, it's just fantastic. I just feel very lucky. I had such a great wool week and the whole of last week I felt like I was still surfing on those last few ripples of what was left of the wool week um, surf. And, you know, it was really amazing to meet new folks and catch up with people that I'd met before and listeners, you know, that was fantastic that, that I got to meet some listeners, including not just Hats, uh, who is on Ravelry and she's Diane and she's from Wisconsin and came up to me and, and Jimison and Smith and said, I recognise that cardigan. <laughs> and... <laughs> a really good chat and Piper Mom who's Laurie from upstate New York oh you know it was lovely to meet them and they were really happy to meet the lovely fella at the Sunday teas on the last day of Wool Week and the lovely fella was quite shy about his fame but it was really funny they're like oh you're the lovely fella <laughs> it was fantastic I can't say I really can't put into words how amazing the week was you will just have to come here for yourself and experience it. Shetland Wool Week 2015 is on the 26th of September to the 4th of October. Now I know that seems like, you know, almost a year away, but tickets go on sale around April. So start planning because people who were here this year have already booked their accommodation for next year. So don't underestimate it. It, you know, Shetland is a small place and people like to buy their tickets and have their accommodation booked. So if you are considering it in the slightest, start planning now. Since last we spoke, the Edinburgh Yarn Festival class and tutor list was released and the classes went on sale on Thursday. Tutors include <gasps> Martina Bem, Rachel Coopy, Kat Golden, Joanna Grace, Claire Devine, Kyle Feller, Catherine Limer, Helen Magnuson, Isolde, Hazel Tyndall, Vida Valmaki, Tom of Holland, Emily Vessel and Karuna Vesterman. <sighs> and with classes on, okay we'll go again, big list, shawl design, hat design, darning, spindling, brioche, finishing techniques, fair isle, knitting with beads, no, fair isle, knitting with beads, sticking, crochet, seamless knits, short rows, socks, colour play, perfect fits, sweater shaping, tatting, modifying stitch patterns, continental knitting, cabling, <gasps> and anything else I've missed out in that list that I didn't put any commas in, so apologies for that. Um, you are going to be really spoilt for choice at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Classes cost £47 and that includes entry for that day and the classes are three hours long. And if you're visiting that day, don't forget to come over and see us in the Podcaster Lounge. You can buy your tickets now 
and I haven't looked yet because I'm recording this on Thursday night. I haven't looked yet, but I just know that people are going to be sitting by their computers uh, hoping to get a place in uh, on the course that they want. It's super exciting. I know lots of you are coming and applying too and I've had lots of great chat about the folk that are coming and their growing excitement over the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. If you weren't already convinced before now, that class list and tutor list should really tempt you. So check out the website which is www.edinyarnfest.com and remember, all things podcast lounge, get in touch with me at louise at knitbritish.net. Well, hmm, with all the Shetland Wool Week inspirations and workshops and cast-ons for workshops, coupled with testing out two yarns for the future podcast, next month I haven't finished anything for Whip Crack Away. Smacking my hand there. I've got around nine scallops to knit onto the edging of the tree rings blanket. And I really am determined to finish this, if only this, by the deadline on the 15th of November. It was fantastic to see that Whipcrack Way got a mention in the current issue of Knit Now. And also, parenthesis, Podcat got a picture in there too. So um, you can see the Podcat sticking her tongue out. It's been amazing to see the amount of whip grafting going on in the groups on the Knit British and Yarns from the Plain groups on Ravelry. So many people have said that they are finding love for their languishing UFOs and getting cheered on to finish them has meant a lot to them. So you must take a look at the finished object galleries and see the amount of wonderful work that has been going on there. You can still take part. As long as you have a whip cast on before the 1st of September this year, then you can take part and we will be ending the cal on the 15th of November. So there's still a good couple of weeks to finish some whips. I bet if you go hunting, you'll find something that just needs a seam or a cuff or a hem or um, sewn together. So please go and have a look. Find, find your whip that you cast on before the 1st of September. Get on over to the chat group which um, is in the Knit British group this week until Sunday the 26th and then it will be in the Yarns from the Plain group. So come on, you've, you've got a couple of weeks, grab a UFO and let it become what it is destined to become. My other whips are a bit poorly. <laughs> um, Wedbeck gets a stitch or two during my lunch hour and tea breaks at my lovely, fabulous job, which I love. Um, my new job. And I haven't looked at Follow Your Arrow at all. In fact, I haven't taken it out of the project bag since I had my whip assessment back at the beginning of the cow. <sighs> my real goal is to finish the two rings behemoth by November the 15th and then I'll be well happy. If I just have finished my lush, which I wear to death, and that two rings blanket, then I will consider this whip crack away a personal success. <laughs> Remember that if you're taking part in Whip Crack Away, do post your finished objects in both the finished object galleries in the Knit British Ravelry Group and the Yarns from the Plain Ravelry Group because you could win a prize. Now, I'm not sure which prizes Nick has put into the pot, but 
if you're if you've posted in my finished object thread you might win some navia duo i've got two skeins of that as one prize and some ripples crafts hand dyed so that's quite special i'm really quite amazed that i've managed to part with that but i have it's out of the stash and it's in an envelope ready to be posted to some lucky person who has posted a finished object in my group and will be drawn from random so no cast-offs this episode, but I have cast on Antarctis in a yarn that I'll tell you more about in the next episode. Antarctis is a triangular shawl which has a garter stitch and open work sections and it's designed by Janina Cario and you can find her on Ravelry and on her own website which is www.studiocalio.com and that's K-A double L I O studiocalio.com I've always liked the shawl in fact I've liked it well over a year now because I I had saw that someone in the Edinburgh Yarn Festival group test knit it in yarn that they'd bought from the Edinburgh Yarn Festival and they couldn't reveal the details about the pattern because they just test knit it and I and I was sort of thinking that looks beautiful I want I want to knit that so it's once soon as the pattern was released it went in the queue and then a couple of weeks ago Chrissy from Stitch Together podcast showed her hand spun version and I just thought yep I I need to knit this and so I will be talking more about that in the next episode and have more information for you but the yarn very very special indeed other news pod retreat nick from uh, yarns from the plain has organized a second pod retreat for the new year um she organized one earlier this year i think um, her and Amy from the Knit Spin Cape podcast. That one happened in Chester, as is this one. It's from the 18th to the 22nd of February. I think all the places are full now for, for the on the pod retreat. And of course, I don't have the computer next to me, so I can't see the full list of people who are going to be there. But um, podcasters there, obviously Nick, myself... Joe from the Shiny Bees podcast and Chrissy from Stitch Together, which I'm really pleased about because I haven't met her before and I just know she's I just know she's going to be my kind of people. Um, <laughs> and there are six others, as, as I say, I, I don't have my computer next to me, so unfortunately I can't tell you who they all are. But I think it's going to be a fantastic weekend of just kicking back with some knitting and some like-minded people. And I think it's fair to say there will be a fair share of hilarity going on and I don't doubt that there'll be heaps of creativity uh, too so that's something that's coming up in February um, next year <laughs> Winners I cannot believe the sheer amount of entries that I've had for the two giveaways that have been on Knit British we had a giveaway from Tori uh, of Tori Rot Designs of the next year in Lerwick sweater pattern, which I saw two of at Rule Week. One was Tori's and one was Pinaguri's. Tori gave us three patterns to give away. 
And I also decided that I would give away the goodie bag that I received at Jameson's Mill um, in Shetland, Jameson's of Shetland. Because, you know, I can go into the shop any old time I want. <laughs> and that's cruel, I know I'm rubbing that in. But um, I thought somebody else could benefit from my goodie bag. Maybe somebody that wanted to get to Woolwick and couldn't. And I I cannot believe the amount of entries for that for that particular prize. It just goes to show you how popular Shetland wool from Shetland is. I mean, you can get Shetland wool grown in the USA. You can get Shetland wool grown, you know, from the Shetland breed down in England. But I really do think that knitters like the prestige of Shetland wool from Shetland. Um, and you replied in, I think there was about 150, 20 of you so thank you everybody who entered that competition now to enter the competition for the goodie bag i got you to go over to jameson's website and tell me what your favorite color was and i'm afraid i might have enabled some of you to buy that well i'm sorry whoops louise enables again <laughs> in the other giveaway for the next year in larwick pattern i asked you to tell me what was your other favourites uh, from Tory's Ravelry store? And lots of love for the Bloomerclan mittens out there. But there were heaps of you who have entered. And actually, I'm recording this um, the day before the closing date. So by the wonders of technology, I'm going to insert the names of the winners here. <laughs> <laughs> in a flash forward. Hello from my kitchen on Friday night at 10.30. The winners of the next year in Lerwick pattern were randomly drawn by Random Org and the names out of the hat were Knitter Katie, Piper Mom and Tracy Triumph. Congratulations to you guys. I will pass your details on to Tori. The winner drawn at random by Random Org of the Jimison's yarn is Jill Buckfield. Congratulations to you, Jill. I will contact you for your details. Thank you very much. And back to the other Louise. You're back. Back in the room. <laughs> That's nearly us. Um, I will be back on the 7th of November with another episode. Hopefully my podcasting will be a bit more frequent now because my own time allows it. I will have exclusive news of another collaboration from Claire Devine and Jess James, which follows hot on the heels of the Head to collection. And I'll have two yarn reviews, one that I am currently knitting the Antarctis in and a new double knit yarn from Blacker. This episode, I'd like to say a huge hello to everyone that I met at Woo Week. Again, sorry if I've forgotten to mention you, your name, I before uh, when I was talking about Woo Week, but um, I just met so many great, pe great people, and I would just like to just take a moment to say thank you to you all. It was really fantastic to meet you, and and I really hope to meet you all again in the future. Um, hello to new Knit British group members, and thanks to everybody who has reviewed and rated. The podcast recently on iTunes and sent me messages on Ravelry and thank you so much for listening. This episode's knit-related end tune is a bit different from the last two. It's Ben Parsons with Shawl 
and it's available on musicalley.com. I will see you all again very soon, muckers. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. You can find out more at www.knitbritish.net. You can email me, louise at knitbritish.net. And I'm also on Twitter at knit underscore British.